Yeah, I mean, I'll trim my nails from time to time, but that's it. Otherwise, nature is the best pedicure. And I'm amazed people spend so much money on like, yeah, getting dead skin removed and massages and reflexology and, and mud baths. And literally just for me going outside and hiking in the mountains or on a trail, it covers all of that. And it feels great. Joshua, thank you so much for being here. Hello, everyone. My name is Paul Vato, and I'd like to welcome my special guest, Joshua Greenfield, to Paul Vato Presents. Joshua, thank you so much for, for taking some time and uh, and uh, coming on the show. Yeah, pleasure. How's it going? It's going well, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Las Vegas uh, where uh, it's. I think it's a little warm to walk outside barefoot. Yeah, of course. Um, I love sharing about feet. What can I say? Yeah, yeah. I swear I don't have a foot fetish, but no. <laughs> you get a lot of perverts uh, hitting you up. I'm, it's, I know it's maybe a silly question, but I can I can see where that might happen. I mean, unfortunately, more than I expected, but just people that are like, oh, I love to massage your feet or lick your toes and stuff. That <laughs> um, luckily, that's not. The the main isn't that, but there are people, which I understand, people like feet. It's just kind of funny to be obsessed with feet in a different way. You know? Sure, sure. Uh, I, I mean, I've always felt like I have such sensitive feet, and I'm like, oh, man, I you know, I could never do that. But during COVID, just even being at home, it was like, why am I putting shoes on and why am I wearing shoes in the, in the home type of a thing? So it really got me thinking, and then all of a sudden to see you online, and I'm like, you know what? I think this is something that the world needs to uh, know about. Brace, yeah. Brace the foot. Let's see here. Let's see if I can get these guys out. Yeah. Man, okay. it, it's, you really got your – it's almost like a hand. And um, now have you built up, like, calluses or how, how – Yeah. It's interesting because I've definitely built up calluses, so my feet are stronger, um, but they're also more malleable. So you start working all the different muscles and ligaments and tendons in the foot. And so even though the calluses help with protection, it's also the fact that it can like almost mold to any surface. So if I step on like rocks and they're all different shapes, my foot kind of, it's like a gel pad in, in an interesting way. So the callus I'd say mostly protects against, like if you step on something sharp, it kind of provides that that kind of first layer of defense. Um, now you still want to be careful because if I step on a nail, it's going to probably go through my foot. But what's interesting about the feet is as you start to like reawaken them, as I like to say, they're so sensitive that if I were running or walking outside and I went to step on something sharp, I would pull back immediately before it, like it, my foot would sense it and I would pull back. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they think that they're protected in a shoe, which in some ways that might be the case. And sometimes it might make sense to wear a shoe, really hot surfaces or crazy environments. But if you're mindlessly walking around in shoes, you could step on a nail and it could go right through your foot. Whereas me, I'm aware of every single step I take. So I'm really careful and cautious about where I step. That's amazing. How did this transformation come about? Or how did you realize that that was something that was uh, for your lifestyle? And I don't even know if I'm wording it the right way, but how did, how did this come about in, in your journey? It was definitely a revelation. Um, 
I, you know, I grew up, my dad's a podiatrist and my sister also is now a podiatrist. So I grew up around feet. Um, but I was always told that I had flat feet and I had to wear orthotics and I just never liked the way they felt. So I always tried to avoid them. Whenever I could, I was barefoot. Like, you know, the beach, of course, but anytime I could be barefoot or in sandals, like I never wanted to wear shoes unless I had to. But it wasn't until, you know, two, three years ago that I started like actually seeing that this whole barefoot thing was like a way of life. And it wasn't just for like a few weirdos. Um, so when I, when COVID hit, I moved to Colorado and to Boulder and I just something, I was hiking and something inside of me was like, you should try doing this, take, you know, take your shoes off. And I took my shoes off and I was walking. And I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. And, you know, after a while, it starts to be a little more painful. So put them back on. But within a month or two, I was like, never wanting to wear shoes again. And it was very, for me, like I was learning about stuff and talking to people, but most of it was more of this internal calling of like, hey, this makes sense. And I'm very much a person who, if something makes sense to me, because I'm very discerning about everything that I do. And I really think everything over a million times. So if something makes sense to me, I'm going to try it, regardless of the conflicting research. Because as I'm sure you know, there's everything is contract, like contrasting and conflicting out there and contradictory. So at some point you have to kind of tune into what makes sense for you. So when I started doing that and then I started learning about this whole world of feet and suddenly everyone following me on Instagram is like the barefoot guy, you know, or barefoot dad. I was like, oh, there's like a whole movement of people out there that are into this. Um, and I didn't start making content until maybe know, a year and a half ago. I started posting some videos on TikTok, just random stuff about cooking and music and dancing. And then I made a video about having monkey feet and it went viral. And then I was like, oh, I guess the world wants me to make foot videos now. Because um, I used to have a cooking channel and a cooking show that was successful online. So I'm not a noob to the whole social media world. And I know the power of like getting to inspire people in such a way. So the feet were calling and I responded. Uh, amazing. And you know what? I mean, they say, you know, it's, you really have to find your niche or niche down. And I think you really certainly have. Uh, and it's great, though, that, that, you know, you already have this background in in uh, social media. or You already know how it works or how to do a successful campaign, if you will. But that's wonderful that you have found something and uh, that the world has responded because, yeah, I, I watched some of your videos and I was like, oh, uh, uh, this is impossible. Like, I could never do it. But I've been more aware of my feet as I've been walking around. Uh, I, you know, when I, I went to Florida a few weeks ago and I was like, oh, man, uh, if we hit the pool, I better go get a, a pedicure. So I don't know what you would feel about that, like either getting pedicures or would you even do that? Or do you just let nature kind of massage your feet and, and remove unnecessary calluses? And even what about trimming your nails? Yeah, I mean, I'll trim my nails from time to time, but that's it. Otherwise, nature is the best pedicure. And I'm amazed people spend so much money on like, yeah, getting dead skin removed and massages and reflexology and, and mud baths. And literally just for me going outside and hiking in the mountains or on a trail, it covers all of that. And it feels great because if you know much about reflexology, the whole foot, you know, the whole body is mapped out in your foot. So every place in your foot is associated. Let's say this is your foot. Like each spot is associated with a different organ in your body and your neck and your head and your kidneys and your liver. So they reflexology, they'll press and massage and rub on different areas to support you. If you have like something with your kidney or your heart. Now, when I'm walking barefoot, I'm hitting all those points. So when I come off of a hike, it's like, it feels like I almost got a full body massage, which is pretty amazing. 
you know, if you're going to go barefoot, it's going to slow you down drastically. And I think that's a good thing. You know, I've met runners. I ran a barefoot marathon last year and in the mountains and no one had ever attempted this course before barefoot. Everybody thought I was crazy and I was pretty new. I had only been running barefoot for like eight months at the time, but I went for it. And it took me a long time to finish. But after the race, this guy come up to me and he was covered in blood. His knees were bloody. And he's like, you know, I fell eight times during this race and I'm an ultra runner. I run 150, 100 mile races, but I've never been barefoot. And I want to know more about it because I've spent thousands of dollars on shoes and I just have problem after problem after problem. And he's like, is it worth doing it? And I was like, for me, it's the best shoe ever made is our foot. So yes, but as a runner, know that you're probably used to running. Maybe you can run seven miles in an hour or something. Well, what if you can only do one mile in an hour? Is it still worth it for your ego? So it slows people down. And if you're willing to say, hey, I can still get a lot of benefits. Like I'd rather walk, you know, a hundred yards barefoot than a mile in shoes, like, and just not being present. Because if you're, if you're walking a hundred yards and you're present with every step and you feel every step and you feel the ground beneath your feet, there's just a lot of benefits that come from being in that. It's like a meditation, you know, versus just trying to like run just to get your miles in. I remember reading or, or, or uh, watching videos on uh, indigenous people, uh, either running barefoot or with just like sandals. I think that there's maybe a famous woman out there that just runs on almost like homemade sandals, but will run a full marathon. And people are like, how can she do that? And then other people running marathons barefoot. And you're like, wait, wait, how can you do that? Like, you know, I'm used to wearing shoes or boots or trail shoes or anything. Yeah, it's so when I was getting into the barefoot stuff, I was told about this book called Born to Run, which is now like if you're a runner, it's like synonymous with running. It's a famous book. Um, it's about the Tarayumara, or otherwise known as a, a Rara Mari. I probably am saying a little bit wrong. Um, they're basically these runners in the Copper Canyons in Mexico. And they run, yeah, 50, 100-mile races in these sandals that they make out of just rubber tires. And they cut them up, a little bit of protection, and they can run for seemingly forever with very little food, very little water. And they're always smiling. They're always having a good time. They run in packs. And... The book just kind of debunked a lot of stuff about shoes. So now there's obviously a huge range of shoes, right? Some better than others. And first off, I'll say whether you're interested in being barefoot or not, to me, it's less about being barefoot and more about appreciating your feet. So maybe that's recognizing that there's other shoes that maybe you still want to wear shoes, but consider your shoe choices. If you're wearing a shoe that is like constricting, you know, imagine this is your foot, right? Most shoes, they, they totally just suck in the foot and the toes get pushed together. And then you see people with their pinky toes end up rising up here. They get a bunion often because the uh, big toe is being pushed in and so it pops out here. And what doctors often will do is they'll, instead of trying to correct it, they'll just cut it off and do surgery. So you can fit better in these shoes that are causing the problem. I mean, heels are the worst case scenario. I mean, look at women wearing heels, their, their toes, totally sucked together and they're raised their heel and they're basically taking away all the functioning of their foot. So you think about your hands, if you had to do like, I cook, I play music, I do a lot of stuff. If I had to do that with wearing mittens or like tight restrictive things on my hands, it would suck. And that's how I feel about feet. I'm like, wow, every single toe does something different when I'm walking, when I'm climbing on rocks, like every toe has engaged. And if I don't have that, I'd feel really unsafe. Um, so I know people that go back to be wearing boots after being barefoot and they're like, whoa, it's really hard now because I'm like, I feel really unsafe. Um, so again, it's not so much about 
being barefoot as like loving on your feet and making the right foot choices. Maybe there's certain brands like Vivo that have really wide toe boxes so your toes can spread around and they have very little padding and they don't have a heel. Because even most athletes, best athletes in the world, they're wearing, they don't realize they're wearing heels. You know, they have this raised art, basically like their art support and it's raised in the back. And then no wonder, I mean, these might be elite athletes, but why is it that most of them, by the time they're like 35, 40, they have knee injuries and back problems and all this stuff. And that's just one reason I'm not the expert, but there's a lot of stuff that shows out there that most people stop being able to run or they have running injuries and it's often linked directly to the shoe and running incorrectly. You mentioned, is that Viva? Is that a shoe then that, that you feel minimizes uh, all that? Vivo Barefoot, I say, is one of the most popular brands. They have a huge range. So if you're like, you know, I want to have like a nice boot, you know, or even something that's maybe a little more dressy, it's going to look a little different, you know, like because they are designed to consider your foot. But they have a big range of like nice types of winter boots and trail boots and running shoes and all kinds of stuff. There's also Zeros um, has a lot of stuff. They have sandals. Um, Luna makes a really great running sandal. Um, so there's, there's definitely more stuff out there today. Lems people seem to like, um, there's lots of brands. Um, it can be a little pricey and, and sometimes people complain about that because yeah, this isn't these major corporations that are able to like whatever and, and have these really cheap shoes, but there's, I think 20 billion pairs of shoes made every year. So when you think about the waste, one of my favorite parts about being barefoot is like, I'm having to buy so little. I mean, I have a pair of sandals. They're called zero sandals and they're about that thin. And they're just for like, for me just to go into a store, if they force me to wear a shoe um, or some kind of covering, I'll pop those on. It was especially good when I was first training and doing a lot of trail running just to kind of build up. Um, Cause you want to take it slow. If you are interested in running, you don't want to just, go out and run barefoot for five miles. Even if physically like your lungs and everything, you can do it, your feet and your, it takes a lot of time to adjust and you need to take it slow. And I think barefoot movement got a bad rap because people end up jumping into it too quickly. You know, like I tried this barefoot thing. There's a guy on TikTok. I just kind of responded to his video, the happy vlogger. He was really cool. Dude seems excited about life. And he, he tried being barefoot for seven days, but he just went way too hard, too fast. And he's like, well, it's not for me. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not, but Maybe you pushed it too hard because your feet are not ready for that. And it could take months and months and months to get there. Well, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like anything, you know, where it does take time to adjust. And seven days might have been fine if he hadn't gone so hard. If he was just walking around indoors, maybe step outside, take a few steps. But, uh, yeah, if he tried going so hard, yeah, that's, it's not a smart way to go about it. Uh, but then to just say, oh, it's not for me. You know, give it a give it a chance. Give give it a shot. Um, that's wow! It's amazing. It's it's very eye opening, and uh, hopefully, it's something that I can start doing because I've always, of course, like most of society, I think uh, Western society, it's, it's been uh, a, a shoe culture. Of course, always wearing wearing shoes. Um, are there any other shoes that you recommend that are, will at least not are not as bad for your foot or is it on a case-by-case basis? I mean, it is a case-by-case basis. Um, personally, I wear this thing sometimes called a Skinner, and it's basically a sock that just slips onto your foot but has a little bit of protection. Um, 
when I did my marathon, I brought them just in case and I ended up like, I mean, I was pushing it hard and it was a little, it was a crazy, it was maybe the hardest course and the hardest trail I've ever been on. It was so rocky. So for about six miles of that, I put on my skinners kind of on and off just to, it was almost unbearable. Um, now, if I were to do it, it'd be a lot easier, but I was still pretty new to the barefoot thing at the time and I wasn't able to train much. So it was intense. And what I love about skinners is they just fold, they're like a little socks. They kind of fold up and you can carry them in your backpack. If you're going to try barefoot hiking, bring something like bring a shoe, bring something. I've had friends that are like, Oh cool. Let me go. And next thing you know, they're at the top of the mountain and then their feet are hurting bad. And like, you know, again, take it slow. Um, but yeah, the skinners are nice. There's some different kind of knockoff versions as well. You can find online, um, people like earth runners. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I would say what works. Uh, I always go back to the foot, um, even in winter for me, um, I don't recommend this, but I was barefoot most of the winter, even in Colorado. And so, um, sometimes I would wear my skinners or I'd wear like a wool sock, you know, if it got too cold. Um, but again, every situation is unique. And I think like, it's kind of this journey where you start to realize like, Oh, wait, my feet are amazing. How can I just start to like get to know them better and just put them in the ground. And if you know anything about grounding and earthing the benefits of just putting your feet in the ground, even if you don't move, just putting your feet in the ground, connecting your feet to the earth, not having this sort of connection broken, the rubber sole, it breaks the whole connection we have to the earth. So just putting our feet in the ground, there's a lot of amazing studies that show how much energy that releases and people that have joint pain and different issues and inflammation. It's often because there's so much energy stored in the body and they're not actually grounding themselves. So for people that aren't going to try to go running or being barefoot, yeah, just put your feet in the dirt or in the grass and just sit there. That's amazing. I started kind of discovering that when I started doing yoga uh, and this was maybe four, four or five years ago. And uh, it, it was kind of, you know, the whole yoga thing was life changing, but then also discovering the grounding and, you know, walking outside, being barefoot and not, worried about oh my feet are gonna get dirty you know so uh yeah yeah it's it's like okay just just so wash them wash your feet and be done with it um but so it's but it's not just uh you mentioned music and that's something also that you're known for is that your music and your your cooking or your lifestyle as far as that goes and if you want to talk a little bit about that and some of the uh the retreats that you run no pun yeah so yeah, <laughs> I run and I walk them too. Um, for me, I think what's one of the interesting things about life is that we can segregate our experiences, but like at the end of the day, living life, like how do you learn how to live a good life? And that's not just one thing. People can develop skills. They can be, you can be a really good lawyer, a really good doctor, but if you don't take care of your health or you don't understand your relationships with your friends, like you know, we're living in this very segregated society where people just kind of specialize in something. And I think they often hide behind it because it's easy to like go to school, work really hard, start a company and be like, oh, I'm the person that ha runs this big company. Um, and for me, what I've seen with a lot of people is they just want to know how to live life well. They want to live life in alignment and find the things that they love to do and be happy and have being good relationship. So everything that I do, whether it's about feet or music or cooking or anything, there's this underlying current of the same message. So I write books and they're all free. You can go on my website and download anyone for free. Um, but they each have the same underlying message, which is take a good hard look at yourself and recognize what actually makes sense. 
not what you were told to believe, not what people, you know, guilted or shamed you into thinking, but what really makes sense to you in your own experience. And that's a lifelong process. But the more you start to peel back, wait a second, you know, like for example, with music, I was told I had a bad voice. I was told I was tone deaf. I was told I would never be a good musician. And then one day it's like, wait a second, is that true? Or is that just something somebody told me when I was a kid? I made up a story about it and I spent my life living into this belief. Same with, you know, I was told I had ADHD from a young age. I had to take a lot of medication and I couldn't focus. But then I started playing music. And why was it that I could play guitar for 10 or 12 hours a day straight without any medication? I'm like, oh, is it really that I can't focus? Or is it just that in the context of sitting in a classroom, reading a book that I have no interest in, that of course I can't focus. And then so it all ties together because then suddenly I'm outside and I'm barefoot and suddenly it's not attention deficit disorder. It's actually awareness. I have a heightened sense of awareness because when you go back to like hunter gatherer days, they're out there walking. They have to be aware of a million things at once. They're not just focused reading a book. They're like noticing every step and every sense and animals and predators and stuff. So everything kind of ties in together. Um, music was really the first thing that showed me that it was the first piece where I was like, Oh, I can be more than I thought I could be. Right. So when I started a band in college, I started pursuing that career. I was like, this lights me up. I could wake up every morning and do this. And I love doing this. And then over time, the cooking thing started to come into play and I started making cooking videos for people. And it was a similar thing. You know, I grew up with a lot of bad eating habits and a lot of health issues and I didn't know anything about nutrition or health. And when I started eating better and cooking for myself and actually considering not just what I was putting in my body, but how I was eating, well, suddenly these layers open up. I'm like, oh, I can actually feel better based on my experience of eating. And again, not just what, but also how. Am I stressed out and I'm just shoving down a cheeseburger down my throat or am I sitting there and I'm present with the food? I'm savoring every bite and I'm listening to what my body wants and it changes the experience. Um, so yeah, everything kind of has this underlying message of think for yourself, you know, trust your own intuition. And that takes time. You know, this doesn't just happen overnight, but for many years and many mentors and, and different books that I resonated with and experiences and experiments, I've gotten to this place where I know what I need, you know, and I'm always open to learning something new, but I'm willing to, if something makes sense to me, I'm willing to explore it. That's wonderful. And, and you know what, and thank you, you know, I think uh, on behalf of a lot of people, uh, thank you for, for putting those books out and not charging for them because I think a lot of times people might use that as an excuse to to not invest in themselves. It's like, well, I'm not going to spend you know 10 bucks on a book or 20 bucks. So that's wonderful. But then you also um, do offer uh, other either courses or you know that people can invest in. But it's wonderful though that that you do have these eBooks that are available uh, and I, I look forward to, to reading them all. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, book writing is just something I love to do. And what I say is like everything, the reason I give my books away for free is because everything that I know pretty much is in those books. I may be learning and changing and I make videos, but I appreciate just the medium that we have where I can literally just create something and share it. So if you want to learn about barefoot or cooking or music, whatever it is, you can read those books. Now, if you want to go deeper, if you want to take one of my courses, I have a music school that I created. I have a whole course on beginner's guide to being barefoot. And the reason I do that is because like, if you go on YouTube and watch videos, it's very easy to get distracted. It's the same, like somebody can watch a video of mine on TikTok, and then next thing, then they swipe up and then they're watching cats dance with, you know, chicken wings or some random stuff. 
Uh, so, which is fine, but like I wanted to create the courses as an actionable way. If somebody's like, actually, I really want to learn about this. I don't want the distraction. Here's a very focused place where you can go and you can learn and you can practice and get into that space. And then I also do in-person retreats as well for people that want to be in this resonance. But to me, I, I recognize that not everyone like financially and globally and, and physically has the ability to come over to Colorado or wherever I might be. Um, so I try to make my books as extensive as possible. Even if that's it, you don't, you can't afford anything else. Read the book. You'll get a lot out of it. Watch my videos. You'll get a lot out of it. And if I can spread that message, cool. And if people want to get a hold of you, uh, uh, they can go to, is it, uh, you enjoy life.us? Is that your, yes. your website? Wonderful. You enjoy life.us um, is my website. Um, you can also just find me on You Enjoy Life. I have YouTube, I have Instagram, and TikTok. Um, the website I designed to be kind of a choose your own adventure. So you click on the website and it's like, you know, what tickles your fancy? And if it's, you'll see the different options mindful eating, being barefoot, opening your musical gifts. And you click one and then you get a free book and kind of go from there. Do you have to sign up for the different ones? Because I think I, I was going to download the the uh, the barefoot one, but then I was like, "Ooh, I also like the one you know about connecting with people." Uh, or or once I, you sign up once, will you get all three books? Or do you have to? Sign well, up yeah, all you have to do is enter your email address. So at the moment, you just if you enter your email address again, I have to maybe figure out a new system ultimately, but it will just. Like it's, it won't double you up or anything. You'll still just be on the email address list. Um, so if whatever you're interested in, um, yeah, just enter your email address on that and you get the book. Um, and that's kind of it. And yeah, you can also see my course links there. Um, and you can check out my YouTube where I have lots of videos and that kind of stuff. And you're still also on TikTok. Are you doing TikTok videos as well? TikTok. Yeah, I never expected to be doing TikTok, um, but like I said, I so I did that first video about having monkey feet, and then later on, I did another video talking about having more like caveman feet, and that got like 10 million views, and then it kind of spread my channel pretty quickly. Uh, I was like, oh, but it's a nice medium because it's very, it's interesting how controversial it is, and I've seen so many people are like, this is gross, there's a reason we invented shoes, go back to like the dark ages, blah, blah, like people get very upset. And then I think the equal amount of people are like, this is, this makes sense. Or man, I watched your videos and I started taking my shoes off and like, it's been three months now and my whole life has changed. And so it's worth it for me. I recognize that there's a lot of uh, controversy out there. I think that's a good thing because if you're doing something that everybody agrees with, which is maybe impossible, but if you were in theory, you know, it's probably a little too status quo. I like to challenge the status quo, but not, it's like not rebel without a cause to me. These are just things that make sense. And, you know, I've, if you go back into the history of, of shoe companies, like the reason that shoes were invented and, and created has changed so much over time. And now it's actually easier to sell a shoe for fashion than it is for function. That's why like most of the shoes that you're being sold on, like look really cool, but they're not designed to consider your foot. And to me, that makes literally no sense. I understand somebody wants to look good or they want to be in heels, but if it's damaging your feet, why would you do it? Just to look good for the night and then buy another pair of shoes. And it's, it's just ridiculous from my experience. Again, I understand why people do it, but when something becomes ridiculous to me, I can't not see it. You know? Well, my ex used to say that she would say uh, fashion before function. So 
yeah, I mean, and yeah, she looked good, but uh, but you're right. You, you know, at the end of the night, your feet are killing you, and you're like, oh man, how can you, how can you do that? And I think as men, we, we have it easier because we're just we're, we're even dress shoes might hurt a little bit, but it's nowhere near as damaging as I would imagine as heels are and things like that. So yeah, and dress shoes are they're they're pretty tough too. I, I never like dress shoes; they always squish my feet together. I mean, heels are I'd say some of the worst, um, and there's still a scale. But yeah, for me, it's function first. And fashion is like, if it just happens to, I'm not never, I'm really much never thinking about fashion. If it happens to look good, cool. But to me, the coolest fashion is my feet. Nothing is like more just the bare feet to me. Um, I think it's the best fashion you could have in, in an interesting sense. So if people are considering their shoe choices, um, actually I recently interviewed and you can see it's free on my YouTube channel, um, a podiatrist who kind of saw the light many years ago and Interestingly enough, he he's like worked a bit with my sister and he he studied the same place my dad studied. And he kind of saw the light and was like, wow, this barefoot thing makes so much sense. And not just being barefoot, but again, considering shoe choices. Um, his, his name is Ray McClanahan and he created this thing called Correct Toes. And the whole idea was that they're toe spreaders. And when you put them in, they help to keep your feet and your toes much more open, right? Um, and what he discovered was where people were getting bunnies and having to get surgery by creating this thing called correct toes and helping to spread out the big toe, he could actually help people to not have to get this surgery. So before you're going to consider just like getting part of your foot chopped off, which is, that's a big surgery. Why not at least recognize that there might be another way? And, and it's, everyone's unique. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but for a lot of people, maybe just wearing these correct toes and doing toe exercises and wearing the right shoes could change that. And to me, that makes way more sense than just going under the needle or the knife, or whatever they call it. Uh, the, yes, it's such a great recommendation. And I did first read about him or see him on your channel. And of course, then I went over there and checked it out. And he does have, you know, the different exercises or stretches that you can do for your feet. And of course, the, the product that he uh, invented or, or sells there. And, uh, I believe he's the one that was raised in like Western Africa as, as a child and, and uh, was talking about that. So he has a yeah. very interesting story. So thank you for exposing that uh, to, to, to me and to the world. So thank you. Yeah. And it, one thing he said that really stood out to me in the interview, he's like, I will go to these podiatry conferences. And for those who don't know, cause I guess it's somewhat standard, but some people don't podiatry is a foot doctor. Um, which is my dad and, and Ray and to he'll go to these foot conferences and he'll bring up stuff about shoes and a lot of podiatrists most of them like won't even hear it they're like no it has nothing to do with that so they're not even considering that the shoe is causing the problem and they're treating a foot without thinking about maybe it's the shoe that's the issue and ray was looking around and he's like this is interesting because all these podiatrists here they're in their 40s and none of them are able to run anymore because of injuries. and there's something to like huh wait a second why is it that all these podiatrists that are supposed to be foot experts have knee problems and back problems? And there's no miracle cure for anything, but so many people start going more barefoot or wearing more barefoot shoes. And if you transition properly and take your time, a lot of those issues start to go away. Because if you think about the foot, because it's the foundation of your body, if you take away all the functioning of the foot, how is that going to then ripple out through, say, this is your knee, you know, and hips and everything. It's going to change the whole way that you function. 
Um, and you have to compensate for it. And over time, it's just going to get harder and harder. Amazing. So it sounds like, you know, the, the, the younger uh, we can get to not wearing shoes and, and walking around more barefoot, uh, the, the better. Have you had any, you probably have any negative experiences, you know, either trying to walk into a business and the whole no shoes, no shirt, no service. And, or do you already know that that's going to happen and, and you boot up or yeah. shoe up? I mean, I definitely, I got kicked out of a grocery store recently. Um, it's interesting because it's frustrating, but I also get it. Um, so the no shirt, no shoes, no service goes back to in the seventies and, and before discrimination, when the discrimination laws were passed, basically shop owners wanted to keep certain quote unquote, like undesirable people out, but they couldn't because of discrimination laws saying you can't discriminate on someone because of color and race. So what they did was they started getting clever and they're like, Oh, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Because who are the people that are probably not going to have shoes or shirts, minorities, homeless people, hippies and things like that. So for some reason, unfortunately, 50 plus years later, that's just carried over and people just do, they write it on the window and they're not necessarily thinking about the reasons why. So I like to just educate people and if somebody tries to kick me out. I'm at least going to say, Hey, like, do you know why this law is in place? Or, and I law, it's not even a law. Because actually, you can be barefoot. Legally, you can be barefoot anywhere in the United States. So a place has the right to ask you to leave. A private property has the right to ask you to leave for whatever reason. But that aside, you can be barefoot anywhere. So there's a lot of people like, oh, you can't drive barefoot. You can drive barefoot. I mean, there's, there's no place you can't be barefoot. It's more up to your own thing. Um, so when I get kicked out of a place... Um, I'll try to talk to them, but some places don't, won't let me in. And I try to avoid those places as much as possible. Um, sometimes it's inevitable and I don't mind popping on a shoe, but I tend to go to places that like appreciate being barefoot. And what you'll see is as you go more and more barefoot, your lifestyle might change and the places that you might want to go. I tend to just like want to be outside in nature most of the time because that's where I feel the best. Um, there's a couple grocery stores here, natural grocers that let me in barefoot. So that's one of the places I shop other than farms and farmers markets. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I don't know how you, how you would do it here in Vegas when, uh, like now it's already, you know, it gets over a hundred and it gets, the, the ground gets really, really hot. Um, yeah. Are your feet uh, tougher and that they can, uh, stand, these extremes or is it I don't know, just a matter of getting, you know, getting used to it? Um, my feet can ex definitely withstand more extremes. Like I said, I can hike for many miles in the snow, um, barefoot. Um, it's easier to run on hot surfaces and cold surfaces actually, cause you're, you know, you're touching the ground less essentially. Um, but yeah, I've been in places where it's too hot and I have to put on a sandal or something. But that's why, again, it's less about specifically being barefoot because some surfaces, especially man-made surfaces, um, aren't as good for it. But I'm still considering my shoe choices. And another big thing to consider is it changes the way that you run and walk. So when people run, they often heel strike and they're like doing these long strides and they're using a lot of energy. When I run, I call it dance running. And it kind of it's a crossover from music because what I started to notice was I growing up, I always hated running. I was just someone who was like, oh, I just dreaded. I played a lot of sports and I just dreaded running. It was the most boring, painful, terrible thing. Um, 
But then I would dance and I could dance for hours and just be in such a good mood, listen to the music, smile and move my body. And I could move a lot. Like I kick my legs up and do like a full body workout, but I had so much more energy. So what I started to do was I started transferring the idea of dancing to running and walking. So now I can kind of demonstrate here my friend's place right now. Um, if I am, let's see, if you're like dancing, right? You're kind of like dance to the music. Right. Now, if I were to like dance, but just move forward a little bit, I'm, I'm not straining myself. I'm just kind of allowing my body to use momentum with like a slight lean to just kind of move forward, move forward, move forward. So when I run, if you notice, I'm, I'm not like, this is maybe a regular runner is kind of like doing these like long strides like that. It takes a lot of energy, uses a lot of muscle. But for me, I'm like this very just light, loose on my foot. And when I move like that, I can go for a lot longer. So that's what shifted it for me. I was like, oh, I love dancing and I want to do more movement outside in nature. So I feel like I'm dancing through the trees and I can go for a long period of time. I use a lot less energy. I even, I've gone, you know, 13 plus miles without taking any food or water, you know, running in the mountains. And we're at like almost 6,000 foot elevation here um, because I'm using a lot less energy. Um, so that's how like these things start to combine because I'm like, oh, okay, I love music. Dancing's fun. I want to move, but I don't want it to be this hard workout. And then what it does is your feet, because you're being so light on your feet, it actually takes, you know, it's, it's a lot less painful to the bottom of your feet and it starts to feel good over time. Amazing. Wow. It's, it's like you've discovered this whole new, uh, all these new methods that you've kind of made your own and, and getting out there to the world. So. Thank, thank you for that. You're very inspirational and, and very motivational. Um, one more thing. Uh, normally, and this is normally how I start, is I try to find out a little bit about your background. Uh, now, you said you moved to Colorado. Where did you grow up? And uh, has your family then, have you, especially because they're uh, foot doctors, podiatrists, have they also started seeing, you know, where you're coming from? But, well, yeah, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up outside of Philadelphia kind of in the suburbs. Um, and then I started a band in college and we all moved to New York city. So I lived in Brooklyn for 10 years and that's really where I feel like I like came to be. Um, but you know, I got married in Brooklyn and just was getting really tired of the concrete jungle. So moved out to Colorado. Uh, I was living in Denver for three years and I went through a divorce and went to Peru to do some medicine work with ayahuasca and all that stuff. And then came back to Colorado, moved in with a friend in Boulder. And yeah, it's been quite a journey. When I first started doing it, my dad and my sister were like, you're crazy. Um, because the truth is they don't like, they weren't trained to know much about being barefoot. Um, so for them, it didn't make any sense. And understandably, like a lot of the patients are treating, my dad treats a lot of older people and people that have a lot of health issues that, probably shouldn't be going barefoot, at least not to the extent that I am. So it's definitely changed over time. My sister has said that for someone like me, it makes sense for where I live. Um, she wouldn't recommend it to somebody in the city. And I probably wouldn't have gotten into being barefoot in Brooklyn. It probably wouldn't have made sense. Now, there are people that do it in cities, and I've walked around cities barefoot carefully. But I'm not going to try to convince someone living in a city to do it. Um, I'm not going to try to convince anybody. It's not really convincing so much of it's like the Buddha says, like, don't take my word for it. Don't believe me on blind faith. Come see for yourself, you know, come try it on. See if it makes sense to you. I only do it because it makes sense to me. Um, what's funny though, is a lot more 
studies are coming out about being barefoot. So like my mom called me the other day because she was skeptical too at first. And she's like, I just read a study that like talked about, I think it was babies and how like they, you should put them in shoes for the first many years of their lives. And I look at my niece who's two years old and she's just trying to kick her shoes off. I remember when I saw it, when she was one years old, the first time I met her, because during COVID she was born. So it was hard to like go, go out to see them. She was just trying to kick her shoes and socks off. And you see that with kids a lot. They just like want them off because they know there's something like, I think inherently not right about them. And if you don't put your kids in shoes for like the better part of like their early years, they actually develop better foot functioning. You see that with runners too. Some runners know to train barefoot at least partially because even if you train like a quarter of your training barefoot, it's going to help you when you put shoes on because it's going to change how you run. So again, we don't have to go extreme, but um, for me, I'm starting to see, like my dad read my book and I'm starting to see maybe him open up a little bit to it. Um, he's He thought it'd be cool to x-ray my feet and to see how they change over time. Because to me, it's undeniable. You know, there's some level about the stuff that just makes sense. That's why I don't need to convince anybody because the people that know are excited about it and the people that don't know but are like curious or like they want to know more, you know, and I, I tend to put people into different categories. You've got the people that are like the naysayers that are like, you're crazy. Screw that. I would never do that. I'm not even going to try to have a conversation with them, but cause I just like to lead by example. So if somebody sees me on the trail, I get a lot of weird looks and people are like, Whoa, that's crazy. But every once in a while, someone's like, Oh my God, you're barefoot. Like, can you tell me more about that? And I will always stop and have a conversation with anybody that wants to know. Because if some like I'm kind of like a poster child for being barefoot and walking around the mountains barefoot, people are going to see you and, and they're going to be curious. So if somebody's interested in it or maybe they heard about it, like I will gladly share what I know. Amazing. Well, wonderful. Uh, thank you so so much for taking time. I know that that we it was kind of random that I just reached out to you, but uh, I'm I'm glad that that you were able to come on and. Uh, maybe spread the word a little bit, and if maybe we change someone's life for the better. Then, then good, you know, good for us and good for you. So, thank you for taking the time to come out. Uh, any final thoughts, or uh, you know, again, where people can can find you, or if you just have any final thoughts? Uh, I've, I've already put your website. I think, yeah, a round of applause for, for Joshua. Thank you so much, and I, I hope you don't, <laughs> I hope you don't mind the sound effects. It's part of this fireside experience. Uh, and if you know if if it's something that interests you, we'd love to have you on the platform. It's owned by Mark Cuban and started by Fallon Fatemi. And uh, you know if it, if you ever want to come on, uh, apply to be a creator or let me know, and I'd love to co-host a show with you or anything like that. If you know if you have a message that you that you're trying to get out there, so um, well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate you having yeah. me on here. It means a lot. Um, yeah, just something seemed like it resonated when you reached out. I was like, sure, let's do this. So it's been really fun. Um, yeah, just final closing thoughts. Of course, you can find me, You Enjoy Life, just all over the internet. If you are interested in learning more, don't hesitate to also send me a message if you have questions. Um, not an expert, but you know I am really passionate about it. And when I'm passionate about something, I'm going to explore it to the fullest. And every day I'm willing to reconsider what I thought the day before just to make sure that what I'm doing actually makes sense for me. Um, I know... There's a responsibility as a creator to support people in doing this, but doing it safely. Um, my dad's reminded me of that. He's like, hey, you're telling people to be barefoot, but be careful. Like, you know, there's, there's, there are dangers. And so I do want to remind people that your foot is kind of like a seedling. You know, if you think about growing, so the last thing I'll say 
you know, when you're, when the seedlings in the shell and the seed it is protected, right. To some degree, but when you start, so it's kind of like maybe the shoe offers some sort of, even if a false sense of protection, when you take your foot out of the shoe, just like when the seed sprouts at first, it's like a little seedling and you need to give it a lot of care and a lot of attention and water it and look after it and make sure it's not too windy. That's how your foot is. You need to pay close attention to it and I massage it and soak it and all kinds of stuff. But as that seed grows, eventually it becomes this really big plant, flowers and fruit. And that's what your foot has the potential to become. So if you're patient and you take the time to really condition it, um, you'd be amazed. But go at your own pace. Even Ray said, he's like, run 100 yards to start. Don't, don't try to run five miles. Just go a little bit. Walk for five minutes and then put your shoes back on. And then walk five more minutes, you know, whatever it is. Take your time, take it slow. And with me, it took within three to six months, I was like, just, I was sold and I was done with shoes forever. So it's not that long. Even two years isn't that long in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, take your time, have fun, love on your feet. These things, they're a miracle. <laughs> look, people think my foot's going to be gross and weird. I mean, I think that's like a pretty foot. I didn't, I'm not like cleaning it. I just think it's a nice smooth foot. So if you worry about your feet looking gross, I think they'll look way better. Wonder, yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you for being so open. Thank you for sharing, and thank you for being here. Uh, I appreciate it. And folks, uh, if, if you're here, please, let's give Yashua uh, a, a round of applause. And thank you guys so much for, for being here. So thank you. Thank you for having me. In this hombre holding up the bottle Look a little closer, cigar in Moscato An actor in improv Coming from Chicago Alto, they wave a call Bato, Bato